Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Have a seat and thank you, band. What great worship this morning. Fantastic. Even the little people up here, I love that. Really, I, I've taken a mental note of that. Just, uh, I think it's a great thing just to introduce kids at an early age into, that, into the worship, you know, not just being around, but actually being a part of it. So uh, I'm going to actually get a lot of churches to do that. I, I really like your, your thinking on that one. So well done. Um, yeah, last night we had a great time and really appreciate um, coming along and being able to speak to the men. The other part that I, I've really found, I guess, in more recent times, and you do over your life, but, you know, as you get a little bit older, you know, I, I don't know what it's like to be your age, Phil, but um, <laughs> what a good-looking couple, right? What a good-looking couple. I reckon I'm just going to, you could just be our sort of show people, C3 pastors. Awesome. I love it. Um, but always, you know, feel very welcome here as well and getting to know the team and love the guys hanging out. And congratulations, mum and dad. I'd love you to come up here. I want to pray for you both, actually. Um, and if you're visiting today, um, I am who I am. Uh, the Lord said that. I'm not him. I can assure you of that. But um, to me, church should be a place where you can be yourself. Um, and I believe this church is very much like that. It holds Jesus very firmly as being the center of our gathering. But the reality is the important part of our gathering is that you can be who you are. So, uh, very good. Hey, fantastic. Love that. Followed you, seen what's going on in your tours around the world. I love that. But I really just want to pray for the little person. Is that okay? A couple of weeks. Woo! I'm excited already. It's not even in the family, but I'm in part of, feeling part of the family. But it's great. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that in Jesus' mighty name that the child within is such a has been formed and framed by you, for you, in worship, in life and in love. A great couple. But Lord, I pray that again for Evan and Jess, just their life as being parents, that again, that Evan leads as a father. He demonstrates the quality of our Father in heaven's life and love towards this beautiful child. And I thank you that for Jess too, who has carried, who has being the mother and grooming herself for those uh, weeks and months and the years ahead. But Lord, I pray that this family will be blessed. The child will be blessed. And let me assure you this. The child within will carry a sense of peace, yet will be filled with life. Hello, you can interpret that three ways. It will be a bundle of energy excitement. Oh no, we just wanted the really quiet child. Well, maybe, but energy, I don't know where I even get that thought from. <laughs> but honestly, the, the sense and the feeling is that the child within and the word to me, which is impressed upon me strongly is this, the child will carry a life which will generate life, which will lead life to know him. The power of God shall be upon this beautiful child. 
And Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray for their, for Evan and Jesse as a couple, as a mother and a father, as a husband and a wife. I pray that this family will uniquely be a, a family that shines for the glory of God to honor our Father in heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you very much. Exciting days. Put your hands together. Come on. Love that. Great time with the men last night, and we spoke about eggs, exercise, prayer, and, of course, friendship. And it's amazing that out of those four qualities of working and keeping them before you is part of which impacts upon our chemical makeup in life. You know, God knows you uniquely. And do you know that you're quite a complex person? Well, Phil does. Anyway, that's great. I, I reckon you're more complex than you, you realize. You go, oh, I don't want to be so complex. I'm not talking about your personality. I'm talking about your makeup. God knows you uniquely. Your Father in heaven knows you uniquely. And as I said last night, the, for, there's four drugs, biochemicals, or chemicals in your body which stimulate, but they must all work together in harmony to produce the position of life and happiness. And as I said, like when I preach this many, many times, it's like happiness is not a place, it's within you, found within you. And, and, but so, so often we think happiness, if I go there, I do this, then I'm happy. No, no, happiness stems because you actually are working upon a lifestyle which produces and you're actually outworking the very essence and life of what Christ has put within you. Isn't that fascinating? Eggs are a part of that. Fascinating. Girls are going, what? Don't worry about it, girls. Anyway. We had a great night last night, and uh, we'll move along, and that was men's business. And today, you know, we, we've honored fathers, and I think, again, I want to say to everybody, but we cap capitalizing on this moment today, is that fathers are an important part of our society today. I think we've lost sight of the value and the importance of fathers. And again, fathers have been pushed back, and they have responded by stepping back. And I would love you today to understand that God is stepping towards you, so fathers, please step forward with him. Embrace the moment. God does, and we refer to God, but it's unique when you even look at the, the, the wording within the, the Word of God and our relationship of father, son, house, to referring to church, community, family. Powerful words. Do you know there's no other religion on the planet which actually uses all those words as a collective expression of a relationship with God? A living God? None. Christianity does. Again, Christianity gets bagged out in all sorts of situations, even when there's a political change. Fascinating, but, you know, one of the things I have loved, even just on that, God is always in control, irrespective of what political position you may be in as, as a nation. And we have now a man who actually goes to a wonderful church in Sutherland, the Shire Church, great Pentecostal, uh, Bible-believing, father-loving, son-understanding leader of this nation. Incredible. God works all things for good, irrespective. We may not know, but he is still in control. Our father is not and has not changed his mind for the intention of this house. Let me tell you that. What the intention was so many years ago when Pastor Phil and Pastor Julie actually stepped out as their family is that he hasn't changed his mind. Why? Because the father is caring for his community, for his family. As they were caring for this, he hasn't changed his mind. It's a reassuring thought, isn't it? I love a scripture in Matthew 16, verse 17 and 18, which goes like this. And this is Jesus and Peter having dialogue and a conversation. And he says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. 
For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father. There it is. Everywhere you read, when Jesus is making reference, there's only one time that he actually uses the term God. Interesting, isn't it? That is upon the cross, and that is within the context of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, giving reference to God. But in all other dialogue, giving the relational connection is the Father, is the Son to the Father, and the Father to the Son. Community, family. Incredible. He says, this hasn't been revealed to you by um, by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Again, in Matthew 17, verse 5. And we'll come to another scripture in Luke in just a moment. But again, it's interesting that at the moments, important and incredible moments of change and opportunity and purpose in your life, God wants to speak a word as a father to you, not as a God. Love that concept, but in Matthew 15, verse 5, and this is the word of the Father to the Son when he was with his friends, when he was on the Mount um, Transfiguration. And at that time and that place, he says this, this is my Son. Hey, guys, this is my Son, whom I love, and with him I'm really well pleased. Listen to him. That is a moment just prior to when Jesus steps out and starts his course and his journey to the cross to actually give us the life that we actually he gave his life for, which was us. Incredible. But again, it's not like God and um, your Savior. No, no, no. Our Father. Why do we celebrate Father's Day? Why has Father's Day become the least celebrated time on the family calendar? Why? Because the enemy and the devil wants to push fathers out of the picture. Because if you can pick, push out the 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 naturalness of our relationship, of our humanity as a father, he can push the term father, our father in heaven, away from us. Where God wants to step towards us as a father. Why? Because he values every father. Every father. He so believes in everyone, but on this moment, on this day, we celebrate fathers. Incredible endorsement. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14 to 17 says this, I am not writing this to shame you. This is Paul, the great apostle. But to warn you as dear children, hear the terminology, children, family, I love that. For even though you may have 10,000 guardians, teachers, instructors, pastors, leaders, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I am sending you Timothy, my son, whom I love who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life. Paul here is making reference to simply is that there are not many fathers because fathers, even in those days, and nothing's really changed, that fathers have been pushed away and we've used other terms like guardians. and No, no, they're fathers. They have given life. They have produced life. They are Individuals, men who actually demonstrate the correctness of life and what family is all about. Let's bring men back in the equation of family as being an important, vital part. Therefore, and I love this, he says, therefore I urge you to imitate me. Why? Ultimately, because our sons need to be watching their fathers as their primary directive influence in their life to give them the guidance. We are a reflection of our Father in heaven, and fathers here on earth need to be a reflection of that relationship with our sons. So our sons understand the spiritual relationship of a father and a son. 
of a father and a daughter. And then he says this, and the terminology, father, son, life, I love this, community, but family. Many years ago, I was in Perth, and I was doing a men's conference, and have the opportunity to speak to men all around the world, which is great. But at this time, I was over there, and I was talking to a, and a good friend, and I've asked him to uh, have permission to be able to read this out. And I've spoken to the men over the years here uh, from different aspects of my message here this morning, but this story has always been one which has really impacted me upon rethinking my relationship that I have with my own family, with my own children. And tragically, this father and his, his, his kids grew up in church and his other children are in church, love God, have a great relationship with their family. But there was a moment of quite a number of years ago where this father lost his son quite tragically. His son had a few emotional issues and an instability um, in his life for a whole lot of reasons. And he tragically took his own life. And his father, he said, Greg, he said, one, one thing which has impacted me the most to rethink my position. And today I just want you as a father, or maybe in the future to be a father, to have a rethink about your fathering. It's not something you just do, but it's something God has given you and commissioned you to be. An example of the father-son relationship that he had with his son, Jesus. After his son took his life, his father at that moment... Basically, his son had left his father a note, and it simply read this. Dad, you may be surprised by my actions. Now I am no more. But I did want to say to you that I did love you. You haven't been a father who was around so much, and I know you did only what you knew to do as a father. I felt you loved me, but I didn't hear those words, I love you, that often. Dad, I do love you always loved you. Anyway, Dad, I just wanted to say thank you. But then the son is no more. Obviously, he had challenging issues himself in his own personal world for a whole lot of various and different reasons. But that was something that impacted a father's life. Gavin was impacted by those words to rethink his position as a father. He went to church, he grew up in church, his kids were in church, but here, a son who goes through some personal issues and challenges in his own life, that it rethinks. He, Gavin said, it's made me rethink how I do life with my children after that moment. And they weren't young children, they were nine or ten, they were a children who were now in their twenties and started having family. But you know what? It was a moment, a tragic moment, but he said it was one of these, as he the years have traveled by, he stepped, were able to step away from the loss and the grief of losing his son. But he said, one thing I have before me every single day is the words from my son, is that he loved me, but I didn't quite understand or communicate what truth or what that love was, so he felt the power of those words. Jesus felt the power of the words of the Father. Before he enters into the triumphal moment of actually giving his life for us, his Father reassures him, hey, Hey, guys, I want to tell you, I'm really proud about my boy. I love my boy. Powerful words. Before Jesus starts, we can see in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, and it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he um, 
And then heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love and whom I am well pleased. These words communicate a truth and a power which were to all generations to come. They were words which to understand that, that the words to a son was not only for his son Jesus, but for all men and women to hear the value of who they were and how much God actually loves us. Father's Day is a great day because we can actually talk about a love which comes from a Father in heaven who has never given up on us, even though we may have given up on ourselves because of what has happened. The things we did, the things we didn't do, the things we should have done, the things as we get older, we begin to regret. That verse of Scripture highlights to me some very important principles, and I'll just cover those very quickly, where he says, this is my son. The term, my son, establishes belonging. I'm always here. I'll never step away from you. Sons and daughters must know that they have a tribe, a community, place, a home. My son, it establishes belonging. Hearing that, my son, my daughter, belonging, family. Not like, why do we ever have you? You're a dropkick. Those words, which sometimes, unfortunately, do come up in moments in our life when they should never come up. They're words we should never be communicating to our children. What we need to be communicating every day, every, every day of our life, fathers and mothers, is simply words like, you are so valuable. We so love you. You are so much a part of this family. And can I tell you, we may live in an environment within the context of church, community, family, where there are so many people on the outside of the walls today who have no knowledge of a father in heaven. Why? Because their father on earth has not been the father which would ever communicate a truth of someone. They cannot see, even to believe in that, because if God is like my father, no way. The truth is, people will come here they all be led here, but what will they see in the men within the context of C3 Tugra? They'll see men, married, men with family, young men who are demonstrating the qualities of life and love, of words of a father to a son. As Paul communicated to Timothy, this is my boy, this is my son. The words of life and love, encouragement, words which empower and release men and women. Let me tell you, that's church. We have godly moments, spiritual experiences, but let me tell you, the highest value in the kingdom is family. And fathers and mothers, and not just that couple have really got their life together. I can guarantee you, let's ask that couple who we think have got their life together what really life's all about. I can pretty sure that's the way it goes, but they're still on track and they're still present. Oh, they're still believing, they're still holding strong, they're not giving up, irrespective of their moment of where there is a dip in relationship, a dip in family. At that moment, I tip my hat to Gavin that in that moment, he didn't pull away and, and throw himself on the, on the train of pity and carry himself away from that family because he couldn't live in that context. He faced the moment of what took place. He acknowledged possibly what he didn't do. And he was a good father. His son had challenges, a greater portion of it because of his son's challenge. But still, the father didn't desert home because he couldn't face what had transpired. Fathers are an important part of our society and culture. And young men and women, mature 
men and women will come in the house and they will not understand worship. They will not understand a word from the pulpit. They will not understand what spirituality is, but they will meet men and women who will demonstrate Christ-likeness because of a father-son relationship. Why we gather is because we are an example. Paul says, imitate me. Uh, Timothy does not have a son, but I'll step in the gap and be a, a father to him to help him. That's what I'd love the church to be. We have a priority to our family, but there will be young men and women, mature men and women who will come into the house still looking for fathers. Why? Because outside they have never had one. We need to be that. We need to step up. The second words which comes from that is whom I love. Love that. The words whom I love creates an emotional stability and strength. The word love emotionally strengthens and builds stability within that individual. The son in that letter, reading that out, simply saying, I never heard the words, I love you. They were always there, but I didn't hear them. Those words were power. What did I just read? Creates emotional stability. What took him out was an emotional instability. Why he took his own life was an emotional instability. Why? Because he hadn't heard those words enough. You may be in a loving environment, but people, young and old, still need to hear those words. Telling your wife, I love you, babe. I love you. Every day. Telling your children, so love you. So love my kids. So love my family. I so love my church. I so love my God. Those words create connection and stability in our makeup and our design. Incredible. With whom I am well pleased. What does this create? It creates a believed in, a proud, and, and feel encouraged. It builds in us an incredible position in life, which is, I can do this. I know it's tough, but I can get through. These words are designed by a father, a God, who knows the importance and the values of words. He didn't go, ah, oh, love something, whatever. He thought through the words to his son, which would resonate and carry through to all those that believed in his son. These words are some of the most powerful words on the planet because they do all of that. They build within their, you know what? Circumstances against me, but I can do it. I can get through. Society today has lost that strength. Why? Because they don't have a relationship and they haven't felt the power of a father into their life. Incredible. There was a survey, and I've always loved this, and I've communicated, I, I think, part of this once before here, but I'm going to communicate it and remind you all again, because when I was just thinking about Sunday and thinking about this, the Lord reminded me of these situations, of how normal it is, because so often we want to be the perfect dad, the, the perfect father in our, in our life. Can you ever do that? Well, probably not. I'm sorry. But what I do know in life, and listen to this, fathers, take this on board now, Evan, take it on board, is that so often we try as a Christian father to get it right that we are perfect, the perfect father. You never will, I'm sorry. You'll blow it. There's a simple thing, and my daughter has said this over the years to me, when I go back and I said, you know, when we've had our good conversations, we chatted about things, and she said, oh, Dad, I really love you. And I said, yeah. I said, why do you? I said, but what about the stuff, you know, the stuff I didn't do and the things I said I wish I'd never said and, and all of that stuff. She said, you know what, Dad? You know, you, we, we've spoken about these things. And over the years, you've mentioned events and times and places. She said, I can't remember them. I can't remember them. I go, oh, okay. And uh, she said, but I can remember all these, all the, all the wonderful moments. And what I felt like the Lord simply saying that moment, kids, 
children in the framework of relationship, mothers and fathers, will weigh up, what will they remember? The good times or the challenging times or the ugly times in our parenting styles? What will they remember? And the Lord simply said this, it's all about checks and balances, but getting the balance in the positive, not in the negative. Don't live 51 to 49. Live around 60, 65, 70, you're doing really good. Why? Because you move into the positive, they can't remember the past. They don't remember the negatives. Why? Because the positives outweigh the negatives. Best parenting advice on the planet. I've got three kids, great kids. My oldest boy is 42, 35. I know I look young, but anyway. And all of that, I've got six great grandkids. All of that, been through some really challenging moments, I can assure you. Yet, some of them with my oldest boy is still a corrective moment, but we still push on and push in as father and son. This survey, which was carried out, it asked sons and daughters, and they were simply saying, what did you want from their, your, their dad? And the, uh, the ages, and I'm sorry, the exact ages, I'm pretty sure it was around 7 to 15 years of age that they asked sons and daughters, what did you want from your dad? What were you looking for from your dad? What qualities? What were? And there were 10 qualities, but there were, there were three with, with, young, uh, with boys, three qualities they really said, these things I want, said in different ways, but this is what they were saying. And with girls, there was only two that really stood out above all of them. Incredible. But what young boys said was this. Dad, I need you to believe in me. Yeah, I've preached that times, time in, time out, a million times, a thousand times. I've preached it so many times. But they said one other thing, which I never quite ever saw. And trust me, <laughs> wait a minute. Let's not confuse the issue. Believe in and trust. That sounds a little confusing to me. The believing I can do really well. Believe in you, son. Believe in you. But trust you? I'm not sure. It's interesting, isn't it? Even though, boys, that was the top one that they were actually looking for. Incredible. They're like, believe in me. Dad, believe me. Thank you for believing in me. But trust me? I don't know about you and your parenting style and experiences, but I've had a few interesting scenarios in my parenting of my children. My, my, my youngest son has been, I call him the enigma. I've never been able to work him out. He's very artistic and creative. I'm, I'm, on a, I'm a mission man. I'm driven. I'm going boom. I'm going hard. Football, that's it. Sport, boom. Creativity. Always wanted to be a rock and roll star, be on stage to be a rock and roll star, but no, relegated to be a preacher. And anyway, there's still hope, I believe, because I got the can-do mentality. Thank you, Phil. I think we'll line up. But in that, really just watching my son, like, I remember like he was probably around the age of seven. I'm just trying to, we've, Simon and I talked about this and we can't quite find the age or remember the age, but it's around the age of seven. And I remember I came home, one, home from work one day and my wife was there, Julie, and she said, she said, look, um, I think you need to talk to Simon because he's acquired something, I believe, from Woolies. Oh, acquired, acquired something from Woolies. That's, that's an interesting term to use, acquired something from Woolies, okay. So, um, and she said, yeah, I think he's stolen it. I thought, oh, okay, that, okay, we're getting, getting clarity on the terminology here. Mother's first, nurturing, caring, acquired, basically stole it. So I walked in there and I said, hey, Simon, how are you going? And he was actually in his room with, with 
a G.I. Joe. I mean, it wasn't a tiny little figurine. It was like a reasonable size that on a seven-year-old, where did he put that on the way out? Anyway, got it out, unbeknownst to my wife, and he acquired this interesting G.I. Joe. And I walked in the bedroom, and I said, hey, Simon, how are you going? He goes, oh, good. Good. I said, oh, mate. I said, so how are you going? He said, oh, good, Dad, good. And I said, oh, what do you got there? And he goes, oh, G.I. Joe. You know, like when kids, you know, they're guilty. Like, you know, eyes go everywhere. They're like, you know, um, a lizard, you know, like a chameleon. Eyes are all over the place, you know, like can't look you in the eye. So that's a bit of an introduction or a bit of a lead to say something's going on here. So I, I said, oh, where did you get that from? He says, oh, I got it from, um, I got it from, um, another giveaway, point two. Um, Chris. Oh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris gave it to me. Oh, okay. I said, okay. I said, Mum seems to think um, you acquired it from somewhere else. <laughs> I don't think he understood what the word acquired was at the time. Anyway, he said, um, he said, oh, no, no, Chris gave it to me. I said, okay. I said, look, I'm just going to do one thing. My son, grown up in the house of God, godly father, godly mother, godly experience, prayer, word. I'll just put it to him. Hey, son, look, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to. I'm going to trust you in just a moment. What I'm going to trust you with, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you one question, and what your answer is, I'm going to believe. Simple, godly kid. Bit of an enigma, but still a godly kid, great kid. So whatever you say, I'm just going to believe. And I said, okay, mate, I said, can I just ask you this question? He says, yeah, Dad, yeah. I said, so where did you get G.I. Joe? Godly kid. Chris gave it to me. Why, you little bugger? You know, that's my thinking. I didn't say that, but that's what I thought. I thought, what? Right. Intervene. And I felt at that moment, really, the Lord restrained me. He didn't say, hey, Greg, don't be a knucklehead. No, I didn't hear any word from heaven, but I felt a, no, don't, don't. You just told him you're going to trust him from what he said, and you're going to believe what he said. But he's lying. He's a quiet. No, he hasn't a quiet. He stole G.I. Joe from Willis. Are you listening? I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening. And it so annoyed me. But I felt like, Lord, don't pull it back. You said trust, said trust. I walked away and go, okay, okay, yep, okay, yep. Trusting, yep, no problem. I'm going to dinner soon. And it annoyed me. It so annoyed me. Because I thought, how could my boy ever do anything like that? Such a great, he's an enigma, but he's a great kid. <laughs> anyway, time went on, I'm praying about it. There's no discussion, the Lord doesn't. He said, you've said it, stated, stand on it. Simple. So I gave up, didn't even bother. You know, it took me a couple of weeks to get over it. Anyway, a couple of weeks went by, a month went by, two months went by. No change. I thought, oh, just push on, you know, just push on. Anyway, um, come back and maybe about, I was sitting on the lounge and Simon walked into the lounge, G.I. Joe. Walked in the lounge room. I said, hey, Simon, how are you going? Then I saw G.I. Joe. <laughs> that was just an internal. My face, he would never have seen that, but the internal, I'm going, it's G.I. Joe. <laughs> That's what I was feeling. I'm thinking it's still moments of... You know, you have moments of encounters with individuals and objects. And 
And he goes, Dad. I said, yeah, mate. I said, yeah. I'm thinking she goes, oh. I said, yeah, mate. He said, you know G.I. Joe? Yes, I know G.I. Joe. He said, I borrowed him from Woolies. Now, not acquired, not stolen, just borrowed. I love that concept. What a creative boy I've got. Borrow G.I. Joe. Here is his father, proud of his son. Basically, son lied to him. But my father in heaven was showing me something which I didn't quite recall or remember is a part of his relationship with us as sons and daughters. I love this, but to boys, what stood out there was simply that, you know what? And Simon said that. I said, mate, yeah, I know. He said, you knew? I said, yeah. But I said, I trusted you. And I struggle with that. I'm talking to a seven-year-old. He said, sovereign God. I said, no problems, let's pray. I said, Jesus, I thank you that you are our God. And I thank our Father who is in heaven for my son Simon. And I thank you that he will be the man of God. And thank you for his honesty and openness. And he goes, thanks, Dad. And walked off. When I talk about my, my son with all of these events, I have so many events with my younger son. He, of course, he's an enigma. I don't know him. He's a little bit different to me. He's artistic. He's creative. He's a fantastic dad. Yesterday, I was, we were thinking about coming up early and doing something here. I go, no, I've got, I've got my grandson's party on. I had to be there yesterday. And I'll get back tonight and have my Father's Day with my family and receive some wonderful texts from my kids this morning. They know what I need to do, but I'm not stepping away from my responsibility as a father, as a grandfather, to be in their world. Thank you for the honor and privilege to be able to speak here. But I'm sorry, it's secondary to what's going to happen when I go home later. I'll be with my family, and I'll be a father to my children and a grandfather to my grandchildren and we're going to love this evening. I'm loving this morning by the way don't get the wrong impression otherwise you might be all up and gone trust the second thing son said was this don't withdraw from me even though I'm withdrawing don't withdraw from me even though I'm withdrawing I love that you know like you know kids they when they're younger they're they're, they're, they're quite you know conversive they they communicate but suddenly happens when they hit those, just start to hit those teen years. With Simon again, the enigma. At about 11, for some reason, our conversations prior, it was a little bit of work, had to work at it. But when he hit 11, work at it, it was tough going. To say, hey, Simon, how, how was school today? You know what happened? You know, what'd you do? And what class did you have? Today, didn't you have history on? You like history, don't you? How was it all going? How, are you really enjoying school? Yes, so. Well, that's a good conversation. So I'll try another one. Hey, mate, you know, on the weekend, you're getting some of the guys together. You're going to be playing and, you know, as a band and getting together. He goes, yeah. This is how this conversation went for years. You know, and I, we laugh about it now. We laugh about it now because I say, Simon, remember those days? He said, I really love those times chatting with you. That we weren't having a conversation. I was one way. It was one way conversation. Incredible. Don't retreat. Why? First point, go back. 
God believes in you, but he trusts you. Your Father in heaven believes in you, but he also trusts you. Let me tell you, your Father in heaven, not just to sons, but to sons and daughters, he also, in that situation, will never move away from you. We may be moving away sometimes in our walk with him, but guess what? He's right on your heels. Why? Because he so believes in you. Irrespective of what you do, how you do it, he will follow you. He will follow you. He will never, ever give up on you. The third thing sons said was this. Give me someone to look up to. Show me the man I should be. Love that. Give me someone to look up to. Show me. You need to show me. Show and tell at school. Powerful moment. Show and tell. Remember that show, then tell. That's how we were groomed growing up as kids. Show, then tell. Not tell and show. And even in our educational system today, that's tell with no showing at all. Unfortunate, show is an important part. Kids, young children, watch and imitate what they see. Paul says, imitate me. Powerful. John 5 verse 19. This is Jesus saying, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. Hello, family, father-son relationship. Powerful. This is our God, a Christian God. The only religion or, or gathering of religious expression in family that looks anything, no, looks exactly like what it should be in your home. Exactly. Why? Because the father so loves his sons, so loves his daughters. What about daughters? First thing girl said was this, I need you to affirm me. I knew that one. Knew that one. That's a good one. Need to affirm you. Affirm. There is a little bit of a difference of believed in and being affirmed. It's interesting. They said, I need you to affirm me. And here it comes. Tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me I'm beautiful. And one of the most interesting moments I had was I was doing a conference, I remember, in Perth many years ago, and I was talking just about the whole concept in a different context, but about the concept of, like, you know, we need to be communicating the words beautiful to our, to our daughters and to our wives and communicating that truth. Anyway, father came and said, oh, I really enjoyed what you said. Pastor Greg, great, great, great message. He said, you yeah, know, but I've got a question for you. I said, sure, what's that question? He said, uh, what about if your daughter's not beautiful? What? What happened there? What about if she's not beautiful? I, I actually, I was, I, I, was, I was sort of shocked for a moment. I'm saying, so you're saying your daughter's not beautiful? Oh, yeah, but she's smart. She's really smart. Okay, okay. Okay. I say, just help me here. So when you got your daughter in your arm when she was born, what did you say? Oh, ugly little bugger. Look at that. Oh, not gorgeous. Not beautiful at all. Uh, quite ugly, actually. But she'll be smart. I'm going to pray she's going to be smart. How stupid is that? Sorry. But how stupid is that? And I said, Do you know, I, he said, well, what's your reaction to that? I said, actually, I want to punch you in the face. You know, just to welcome you to the reality of like, aren't you? You're a complete idiot. He said, oh, you shouldn't use those words. I said, no, no, I'm using those words because I think you're an idiot. 
I said, your daughters, irrespective, are beautiful. I don't care what they look like. And let me tell you, it's how you see them. And the reality, and that's the thing that we forget, how our Father, who created, were part of the creation of that little person on the inside of Jess over there, is in the framework and framing of the, the, the look, the design. So you're going to say, yeah, hey God, you make a few ugly people. There's a couple of good-looking people like myself, but you know. No, you don't. He created, see that little voice? I can hear that little, beautiful little voice, beautiful little person. And we so, so often fall into the trap to measuring ourselves about what, and we get so concerned about what we look like, you know, got some large ears and say, well, you know, good for, to work in the radar department. <laughs> you know, we, we make fun of what we think is not beautiful or, or good looking or handsome, and we start to measure ourselves incorrectly. Your father created you the way you are because he loved what he was creating. And for a father to pull down, to simply say, as that man, I don't know if he had ever said to his daughter, but his daughter actually is in her, was in her late teens. So I thought, what was she experiencing for all those years? Incredible. No, I need you to affirm me. Tell me I'm beautiful. The second thing the daughter said was, Set the standard and be the standard. Love that. Set the standard and be the standard as a father. What I'm saying here, I'm talking about fathers, but can I tell you? The father's heart, the father's expression to us are all these things always. Uncompromised. Uncompromised. He gets it 100% right. We may not as fathers, but he gets it 100% right. Because that's how much he gave up his son because he believed in you so much. Incredible. The second thing, daughters are saying, these were the two top priorities. Set the standard, be the standard. Love mum so I know what love looks like. Hello. Knock, knock, knock. Hello. Knock, 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 knock. Knock, 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 knock. Knock, 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 knock. Just a reminder. Because we as men, as I'm a mission guy, you know, when Julie and I are going out, like, and I know, like we're all married almost 40 years, and, and in this is like, we're going somewhere, I'm on a mission, she's smelling the roses. So I was like, hey, babe, how you going? And I hang onto her hand, and her hand slowly slips from my, my hand because she's just walking a little slow, and I'm sort of like, foo, 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 foo. and what she does now, we've learned out a little thing, how Julie manages this, she stops. She just likes to see that over the years that I'm not sort of like three kilometers away from her. I'm actually, I think I'm back at about 2.3 kilometers now. So I've improved over 40 years of relationship. Doing well. <laughs> he lost you. Well, impossible. let's not go there now. Otherwise, we might have an altar call for a whole lot of other reasons right now. But in there, I said, incredible. Show me. Just show me. You know, like it's in there. It's like love mom. Just show me what it looks like. Why young girls give up their, their, their virginity, their, their life in some ways to someone else because at home a father hasn't shown them what love looks like, the power of it and the value of it. And everyone is looking for love, male and female. And unless they feel they hear, and for women in this context, looking for love, they will give up their values for love. 
Why? Because everyone loves, but God so loved so much that he's never given up. And one of the, the moments which always comes, I guess, stories, and it's a moment in my life which, you know, I can never forget is simply the, the day my daughter got married and they've been, she's been married now, I think coming up 14 years, great girl, great husband. I got a text from my son-in-law said, really appreciate you being my father-in-law. Couldn't have asked for anyone better. Yeah, awesome, man. My son, the enigma, I'm still waiting for the, it's coming. My older son sent me a message. My daughter sent me, but my younger son, the enigma, it'll come. It'll come. I can assure you it'll come, but I'm used to it coming probably five hours after he's been a father, you see. I give him a little bit of leeway. When he had no children, same thing, but I'm used to it now. It will come, Jesus. But in all of that, you know what daughter said in the, the most honoring moment of my life, I think, in, in family for me, was that at my daughter's wedding where uh, we were there and we had the, the service, beautiful day, and I walked my daughter down the aisle and said, Dad, don't cry, otherwise I'm lost. I'm going, yeah, okay. Yeah. Handed her over, went back. Oh, I got through that, okay. So went on and then the speeches came out and... Um, Blake doesn't say he's not a, a talker, Renee's a talker like a father. But she said, look, I just wanted to say some things. And she said, like, you know, um, Julie and, and Renee have a beautiful relationship, great friends, and they catch up and go for coffee and talk about stuff and all of that, and very much in our world, which we love. But uh, she said, um, and she's paid Julie all these wonderful comments, and she said, and about my dad, I go, whoops, here we go. Whoopsie-doopsie, because I'm just thinking of all the negatives. But she did remind me there were more positive than negatives. And she can't really remember the negatives. So she thought, where I'm thinking, I'm down in 60. She had me up in the high 90s. Why? Percentages covered all those things I should have done and didn't do. Things I said, which I shouldn't have ever said, whatever it may have been. But she stood up and she said simply this. She said, you know, I married Blake because he's a man that demonstrates a godly heart. Hard-working man, good quality. Well, I said, but you know why I really married him? Because he reminds me so much of my dad. <laughs> Held it together. And we started dancing and everything was okay. A little wine to settle the soul. Anyway, I went home the, that night and Renee was gone. And then I was thinking, Renee, wait a minute. She's with Blake now. What are they doing? Oh, I don't even think about it. You know, just a fatherly thought. Anyway, the next morning got up, went in the shower, and as I went in the shower, Renee had got ready in our apartment, and, and she was, got herself ready, but she'd um, in the shower, washed her hair and all the rest of it, and there was a brush that she'd used to put conditioner through her hair and all the rest of it, and got out, and, and, and I had all this blonde hair in it, and I got it off the windowsill, and then started pulling all the blonde hair out of the brush. <laughs> and for 20 to 30 minutes, I, and it still gets me now, so watch it. I could be here for, we could be here until the afternoon if I start going down that emotional path. But, you know, it's just a moment. And then Julie goes, get over it. I've been processing for six months. I said, well, I'm doing it now. I just needed a good 20 or 30 minutes. 
in the shower. I'm sorry, I was wasting a lot of water, but I didn't care. I'm sure the dams would have been 100% full at that stage. You must wonder, where does this guy's mind go? Lots of places, I can assure you. The reality is that I just want to simply remind you today as we draw this service to a close, is that, wives, you, you, you do have a great husband. You do have a great husband. Sometimes you've got to give him permission to be a great husband. And I want to say to all the fathers, before you're a father, you're a husband, in most cases, or in a relationship. At that point, the thing is that you have to start demonstrating what it is to be a good father and show those qualities. And to me, when a couple get married and they are a couple together, they should be refining and defining and working out how to be together, but how to outwork their life so they can be an incredible role model to their children. All the little problems. When you say, what don't you say? How do you say it? How do you control that moment where things aren't quite right? When you want to say something, how do you do that? How do you control it? Think not just of you or as you as a couple. Think of the little ears that will be listening to every word that is spoken and watching every behavior that is communicated. In saying all of that, I just want to remind you today as we celebrate fathers is to also not lose sight of celebrating our Father in heaven. Our Father. He said, you're not, I'll believe in you. He believes in all of us. Why? Because he so values us. He believes in you. He trusts you. When you say something, he says, I'm going to trust you. Whoops. How often we make certain commitments and don't follow through. But he's still, he's still willing to trust you. Still willing to trust you. you go, oh, man. You've stuffed that up 197 times. And you said, oh, Lord, I'm just going to. He goes, yep, okay. Going to trust you again. Going to trust you again. 198, yeah, I'm going to trust you again. That's how much I believe in you. That's a father. That's a big father. He's got it all right as a father. He trusts you. You may even walk away from him, but he will never walk away from you. That's a true father. That's a loving father. He wants you in your own life, in your own world. Many of us in our upbringing our fathers weren't great. They said, look, I'm always happy just to show you the way it is. It's in the Word of God, the relationship of how. He and His Son, He shows us, He showed us. He brought His Son and gave His, his Son so He could show us how that relationship worked. Incredible. He believes in your value. As men, you were born handsome and you are still handsome. To women... You were born beautiful, and you're still beautiful. Yeah, but I'm older. God bless you, so am I. And the fact is, it's not according just to what is seen on the outside, but is what is the beauty in and out. How do we carry ourselves? And also, are you willing, as our Father says, I will show you how to be the man and the woman of God that you need to be. Why? Because he never gives up on it. That is a father that every person, sons and daughters, every individual needs to have that relationship with. So what I'm doing, I'm going to ask right now as we draw this to a close, to close our eyes. 
And I don't know where you are in that relationship with a living, loving God who is referred to as Father. I don't know where you are in that living, loving relationship of understanding that He is a Father, that He gave His Son, that we may have a pathway back into the family of God. I don't know where you are in that relationship, but our Father knows exactly where you are in that relationship. So with every eye closed, as we draw this service to a close today, I want to ask you this. In just a moment, if you feel like you've stepped away from that relationship, or maybe you've never connected that relationship to the Son to know the Father, to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, so you may know that Father. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Why? Because every relationship has a moment of beginning, a moment of acceptance, a moment of understanding, a moment of forgiveness. Relationships break down because unforgiveness rules and reigns in our life. But Jesus is always saying, as the Father has said, I'll pursue you no matter, no matter what's going on, I'm going to follow you. And I'm always willing to forgive you if you are willing to accept my forgiveness. So if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, or if you have and you've stepped away from Him in that relationship, I want you just to raise your hand in a moment. Just raise your hand to Him, not to me to possibly ask Him to be the Lord and Savior for the first time, or maybe to get it right again. So if that is you here this morning, just raise your hand very quickly. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor Greg, that is me. I want to get my life in that relationship correct, the right way, irrespective of circumstance here today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all stand? I don't want to continue on, but I do want to pray for you in this concluding prayer. We could do ministry, we could do many things, but you know what? I'd love us to do ministry in our homes, with our families, this afternoon. So Father, I would love to pray for these great men and women of God, who you have so loved, who you are so well pleased in, because you know them intimately. That here today, in Jesus' wonderful name, Father, I pronounce the goodness and the great of God, the great life and love of God, the great, the bigness of your life and your love extended to us. And let every single one of us here today, as men and women, young and old, see our incredible value Irrespective of where we are in our relationships today, I pray that in Jesus' mighty name, we will always see that that relationship that we have with a living, loving Father through a Son by the name of Jesus shall always be the center of our life in all that we do. And today, Father, I pronounce a blessing upon every family, every family here today, every family that is, every family that will be, that joins their heart in worship in this house. Every family shall show the goodness and the greatness of our God. 
And Father, let there be reconciliation. Let there be healing. Let there be life. And let there be your power of relationship that you are foremost in our life, the reason why we gather, why we live, and why we love. And in Jesus' mighty name, let the goodness and the greatness of God be extended to every single person in this house today. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord today. Let's thank our Father in heaven in Jesus' mighty name. listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.